there are some ways that you can train your brain because really what we don't recognize is that our subconscious is running everything. We're only really, I think, five to 15% aware of what's going on and how we're operating on the daily. And we have to remember too, that there are anywhere from 45,000 to 65,000 thoughts rolling through our mind on any given day. And most of them are negative. They Mm. come from our subconscious. And as human beings, we are wired for safety. You know, that's a protective mechanism we have. There's nothing wrong with it, except when it's running us. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I am so grateful that you tuned in today. Very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself and your way of thinking. And that is a quote by Marcus Aurelius. And that's why I am so excited to have happiness expert Kathy Donovan on the Mind Your Body Show this week. Now, let me tell you about Kathy. Happiness expert Kathy Donovan is a celebrated author, speaker, coach, and broadcaster. She is on a mission to help our world evolve in the direction of more goodness, more kindness, more positivity, and more courage. We could all use a little bit of that. (laughs) Kathy is the former co-host and co-producer of CTV Ottawa's Regional Contact. She is a regular guest expert on the subject of happiness for City TV's CityLine, and that's how Kathy and I met. She is also the author of two self-published books, Inspiration in Action, A Woman's Guide to Happiness, and Unconform, Harnessing the Radical Power of Courage. Kathy's work is a call to action to unlearn what we think we know to be true, to stretch what's possible so that we can see our true potential and live a beautiful life of our own design. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, Kathy. How are you? Oh, Trudy, I'm great. And thank you so much for that very kind introduction. You know, it's really funny. I'm sure you feel the same way when you hear somebody talk about you and what you've done. It's 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 kind of surreal, actually, when you when you're a creator for your job. It's it's really wonderful when that is acknowledged and celebrated. And of course, you know, I'm happy to be here because we're going to talk about happiness. And it's my very favorite topic. Yes. And you deserve all of the acknowledgement, Kathy. And this is why I love to read guest bios on the show. I know there's some podcasters who will record the intro afterwards and do the bio afterwards, but no, I like to read it on the show because sometimes when we're just so immersed in what we do, we often forget about how much value we add. So I always love adding, you know, reading people's bio on the show, just so that they can also have that reminder of, you know, all the things that they've done and then the ways that they've served the world. So thank you so much for that, Kathy. My pleasure. Thank you, Trudy. (laughs) So Kathy, if this is someone's first introduction to you, can you give us a little bit of a background about who you serve and what it is that you do? Okay. Who do I serve? Well, (laughs) you know, initially when I started uh, on this leg of my uh, career 10 years ago, I thought I was here to serve everybody, you know, because Mm. I feel like we all need a little bit of a dose of happiness in our lives But over time, I began to really get clear about who my message is really geared toward and who it's going to resonate with. And generally speaking, it's women and it's women 40 plus. So it's generally around midlife after we've done all the things we thought we should do to be happy. And sometimes we get to that um, marker in life and we just don't. We don't feel it. We're wondering what went wrong or what we didn't do right. And really, the fact of the matter is we were kind of sold bill of goods that if you 
you know, excelled in your job or were an excellent mother and a great wife, et cetera, et cetera, that you would be happy. But really, the definition of happiness that I work with comes from the inside of us. So it's really around what we call personal development. It's really looking at yourself and getting to know who you really are that's ultimately going to provide you with that idea of happiness. So I'm a writer. Um, that's the base of my career, basically, I guess. I'm a writer and speaker. I do um, work for a company that really advocates for people 55 plus. I'm 71. So I'm right in that uh, sweet spot of, I want to call it middle age still, because that's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like this, this chapter of my life is so rich, and I have so much experience to call on. And, you know, lessons learned from those experiences. And that's really what I want to help people with. I want to give them shortcuts. So they don't maybe have to take the long way around getting to, you know, that place of wisdom and peace that we all should feel when we get to that point in life. Mm, I love that, Kathy. And yeah, I do find that like, as I get older, I have to work harder at happiness than I did when I was younger. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, because we've been trained, I say tricked or conned into looking for happiness outside of ourselves, right, Trudy, where mm -hmm. we know when we have the thing, when we achieve the thing, when we get the thing, when we meet the person, when we have the job, blah, 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 blah. It's all outside of ourselves. It's exhausting in it that is. pursuit of, of what we've been trained or tricked or conned into thinking is happiness. But actually, happiness comes from inside of us. And it's based on some ideas that um, through some research and, and uh, personal experience, I came up with that I feel as a combination really do provide us with that structure that nobody can shake, that nobody can take away from us. That's what I love about sustainable happiness, because it's not dependent on your outside circumstances. Oh, I love that, Kathy, you know, and I always say this to my clients as well, like too many of us are putting happiness on a shelf, like waiting for some external circumstances to line up or fall into place before we can feel happy when happy really is like an energy form and you have to actually feel it. You know, you have to do things to make yourself feel happy, if that makes any sense. Right. So don't wait to feel happy. Right. Don't say I'll be happy when just start feeling yeah. good now. Yeah. And there are some ways that you can train your brain, because really what we don't recognize is that our subconscious is running everything. We're only really, I think, five to 15 percent aware of what's going on and how we're operating on the daily. And we have to remember, too, that there are anywhere from 45,000 to 65,000 thoughts rolling through our mind on any given day. And most of them are negative. They come mm. from our subconscious. And as human beings, we are wired for safety. You know, that's a protective mechanism we have. There's nothing wrong with it, except when it's running us. So the only thing I like to tell people, the only thing we're in charge of, Trudy, are the thoughts we choose to think. We choose our thoughts. And so when we have that knowledge that our subconscious programming is running most of what's happening, we can become more mindful of how it's messing with the outcomes that we get in our lives. And we can start to choose like specifically how we want to focus our thoughts and attention, because what they say is where attention, where energy goes, uh, where attention goes, energy flows. So if we want to start just by talking about the practice of gratitude, I mean, most of us have so much like the longest list of things to be grateful for. And yet we are conditioned, I say conned into kind of taking life for granted and not focusing on the simple pleasures of life. The simplest things like having running water and heat and a roof over your head and clothes on your back and that kind of thing. So we have to take charge of our thoughts if we want to move in that direction of what I call true or sustainable happiness. So true, Kathy. And Kathy, I got to rewind a little bit to something you said earlier, because you said that you are 71. Yeah, you don't 71. look it, Kathy. Happiness looks well, good. I, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I'll, I'll take the compliment because I'm all about ageless living. Look, I work with uh, uh, senior people. These are these are the people I like to help educate and people who are heading toward their senior years. I want them to know you're not done. I want them to know this is just the next best, best chapter of your life. 
And for me, it is the best chapter of my life because now I'm me. I worked for many, many years in broadcasting, as you may know, and I was on radio and TV. I was host and producer. And most of my life was about that company and that topic or whatever we were working on. But now it's all about, you know, pure sort of personal development, which is my passion. And it's really who I am and it's how I live my life. So I feel like I've kind of aged backwards a little bit and I'm stalled at somewhere around 35 in my mind. And, and I don't care. Like the number means nothing to me. It's really about the energy that you pick up on that makes you feel surprised when you hear that news. Right. So I, you know, it, it doesn't age doesn't bother me one way or the other because it's not about that. It's always and only about the energy we bring to everything we do. And I have to say that when we met at City Line um, that day, I just felt your energy too. And it just felt the same way. It feels like ageless and you're so dedicated to what you do and the other experts we were getting to know, it felt like we were all kind of in that same zone. So that resonates with me regardless of what age I am or what age somebody else is. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you're as old as you feel. Age really is just a number. And I think Aaliyah, if you know the, the musician Aaliyah, I think she said it best, like age ain't nothing but a number, right? Like just you're it doesn't really matter what the number says when your birthday rolls around. It's just it really is about how you feel, right? Yeah, yeah. And every day, frankly, is a celebration. When you get into that mindset of not taking anything for granted, every day is your birthday because every day you get to start again. You know, we beat Mm -hmm. ourselves up. That's another one of my bugaboos. We beat ourselves up and we chastise ourselves for not getting it right, whatever that is. And we think we have to have everything done. The ego is such a powerful force in our lives, Trudy. And You know, I like to get underneath that to the operating system behind the ego because the ego is involved with being right, feeling special, or being miserable. And frankly, I think misery makes us look old. It makes us feel old. It makes us feel tired. So we know that when we're feeling that, when we have those needs to be right, special, or we enjoy being miserable... That's just the ego. God love it. You know, we all need it. We need to know what side of the road to drive on and what day our birthday is. But we also want to get underneath that to manage the ego. So it's not running us all the time. And we can choose, let's say, compassion over judgment for somebody. And that's a tough one because we are also tricked or conned into thinking that judging is, you know, a good thing. It makes us feel right. It makes us feel good for a second, but it's not sustainable. And we have to go back and judge again. And then that's misery after a long time doing that. So, you know, I really encourage people to examine the operating system they have behind their ego so that they can choose to be compassionate, more kind toward themselves first and then toward everybody else. It makes life really beautiful and it makes you very lighthearted. Oh, it certainly does. It certainly does. And I would, you know, I would imagine that misery and living in constant sadness, that probably speeds up aging too, right? I'm afraid so. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't have to worry about that, Kathy. So Kathy, let's talk about sustainable happiness, because I know that's a topic you love talking about. Like, how do you define sustainable happiness? Well, it's a happiness. It's a, I'll call it peace for, you know, another way to describe it. Sustainable happiness is peace because what you've done is you've taken charge of all the squirrely thoughts. You're reining in the squirrely thoughts and giving yourself a clear direction. When I talk about sustainable happiness, of course, it's based on the principles in my first book, Inspiration in Action, A Woman's Guide. And I called it a woman's guide just because it was my guide. But that guide is there for all of us as human beings. And it's built around a few principles, such as when I mentioned was gratitude. That's the bottom line of everything. You know, it's the opposite of taking life for granted, which is what we're conned into thinking we should do. So when we focus on a gratitude practice and we, you know, first thing in the morning before I get out of bed, I've looked at what I'm grateful for. That sets me up energetically to start my day. And then throughout the day, I'm noticing what I'm grateful for. Like our conversation, I'm really grateful to talk to you today. I'm grateful that I have a home, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we can go on and on and on. 
Many people, when we start working together, have a hard time, if they've never done a gratitude practice, have a hard time coming up with even five things they're grateful for. And I've been doing this for a long time, like over 20 years. So I could go from where I live in Chelsea, Quebec to Montreal and back on the list that I have to be grateful for. Because when you start to dig into this practice, life is so rich with blessings and we're just not we're just not taught to notice them. We're taught to want the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So gratitude helps bring us, number one, into the present moment to recognize what we have to be grateful for. And it reminds us that we are very abundant. And that energy of feeling abundant is attractive to more abundance. So when you're grateful, instead of taking things for granted, you're setting yourself up to attract even more wonderful things into your life. So that's the bottom line of what I call sustainable happiness, Trudy. And then we build on to that with the principle of courage, because many people I talk to in my coach practice and in my workshops, I'll ask them what they want. And often they don't know. Many people don't know what they want. They can tell you what they don't want, though, because and I tell the way you know what you don't want is you complain about it all the time. So if there's something you're complaining about all the time, it's because it's something that needs to shift out. And you need to get clear about what it is you really want in your life if you're going to feel this feeling of peace and what I call sustainable happiness. When you have clarity about what you want, then you can line up your thoughts, your words, and your actions to be in line with what you want. So I'll give you a little quick example. Let's Please. say I asked you what you didn't want and you said, well, I don't want to be broke. And I said, okay, well, then what do you want? And you said, well, I, I guess I want to be rich. And I'd say, well, you want to feel abundant because ultimately everything comes down to how we feel. So if you don't want to feel broke, that's that feeling of lack. What do you want to feel? You want to feel abundant. Well, then how can we start to line up our thoughts, words, and actions to create more abundance in your life? It's by noticing all the blessings you have around you. It's by hanging out with other people who also are ready to acknowledge the blessings in their life and feel abundant. And it's about taking action in your life every day to further your goal of feeling abundant. So that might be, you know, no noticing the change in a little bowl on your desk or making a bowl and putting change in, in there. So you feel like you have money in there. Uh, you know, it can be noticing your bank account and being very careful about how you're spending your money, being, you know, tight about your money, but rather keeping that energy flowing in the world it's all about just really shifting our mindset. So courage is the superpower that helps us shift from, let's say, a lack mindset into an abundant mindset. If you didn't want to be lonely, I'd say, what do you want? Then you want to feel connected to people. Okay, then let's start working on how you can take baby steps toward that. That's where courage comes into play. And courage really is a superpower we all have. But again, we've kind of been tricked into thinking, oh, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. Nobody in my family's done. We've got a litany of reasons why we can't. But the courage piece really is the game changer. And when you build it on top of abundance, it becomes even more powerful. And then I talk about things like practicing forgiveness. And forgiveness is something we do for us. We don't do it for anybody else. We don't do it to let whoever did whatever they did off the hook. We do it because we want to carry that burden around in our backpack for the rest of our days. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we have uh, courage and, and uh, sorry, compassion and kindness instead of judgment, because our natural wiring is to judge to keep ourselves safe. You know, if it's a, an enemy or something, you want to be careful. But ultimately, we need to shift that energy around because we need more compassion and kindness toward ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. We judge constantly ourselves. And so when we start to practice compassion and kindness toward ourselves, it makes it a lot easier to extend that toward other people as well. And then I'll talk uh, briefly about boundaries because, you know, especially as women, and by the way, my belief is that women are the true leaders in our world. They don't, we don't get enough credit for that, but we are the true leaders in the world and we need to have healthy boundaries. We've also been taught not to have, we've been taught to put ourselves last. We've been taught to take care of everybody else's needs, be a doormat, it's okay, but it's not okay. And we won't be happy if all we do is just let other people have their way. When we stand in our truth and know what we want, 
then we can set a boundary that says yes to what we really want and no to what we really don't want. So those are just some of the ways that I talk about sustainable happiness. And it's a bit like Lego. When you put all these pieces together, that's what you get. Kathy, that was amazing. And you, you dropped so many nuggets there. And I love how you said, well, this is just some of the ways, just a little thing. I'm like, that was a lot. That was amazing. Like, there's so much there to unpack because you're right. Like, it, it comes to like the power really is within you to do that shift, right? Gratitude. Like, I love that you mentioned gratitude because I know people talk about it all the time and it sounds so cliche, but really, it's the lowest hanging fruit to changing and shifting your state, right? Because when we wake up in the morning, we start to think about the long list of things we have to do, what we don't want in our life. Like we start, you know, the morning on a negative note in most cases. Why not just start thinking about all the things that you do have in your life instead? You know, I often say to myself, like, even if I wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling great, and of course it happens to me, I'm not perfect. As soon as I open my eyes, if I have those thoughts, I'm like, well, guess what, Trudy, you have eyes that you can open. You can see the ceiling right now. Okay. You can look over, you can see your husband next to you in the bed. Oh, guess what? You have a bed. You have warm sheets. Oh, guess what? You have four walls around you. You're in a house. Like there is like, if we just look around and we don't have to look far, there's so much for us to be grateful for. And I think it was Tony Robbins that said like, it's hard to feel, you know, miserable and you know feel gratitude at the same time. Right. Try it. It's really hard. <laughs> so I really think that's like such a great starting point for sure. Well, and yeah. it's a baseline, you know, it's, it's where we begin the shift. It's yeah. where we begin taking our power. It really is about taking our power yes. because we've been yes. blind into thinking all these things are going to work for us. And they really ultimately do not. Right. You know, it's a lot of ragalicious and Instagram perfectness and all this. Stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, I love what you said. You said, you said something and you said, well, I'm not perfect. Well, who is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who <laughs> is? nobody's perfect and that's the beautiful thing about this take it take all of that off your plate and recognize we're all gloriously flawed when we get that then it makes it a lot easier to love yourself mm -hmm. and ultimately that's what this whole thing is about it's about appreciating yourself maybe loving yourself sounds a bit too much for some people but just appreciating yourself as you are for who you are and all of the things you overcome one of my friends said to me a couple of years ago, and it stuck with me. And I love it. And I really want to share it with you, because I know you'll really enjoy it, too. She said to me, I was talking to her about this big idea I had for my business. And she said, Kathy, stop, just stop. She said, I want you to stand on your mountain, and look back at everything you've done in your life, all the things you've achieved, all the things you've overcome, to be where you are today, just stand there and take that in. And it blew my mind. I was speechless in that moment because I realized we are always looking to the future, to what's next, what's next, what's next. And we're not taking that time to really, especially as women, to take that time to stand on our mountain and look back at how did we get here, Trudy? How did we do this? It's amazing. It's amazing. And I think we all need to celebrate ourselves and learn to just appreciate who we are gloriously flawed as beautiful human beings. Oh, I love that. Stand on your mountain. Yes. <laughs> I love that's a great one. Ooh, that's so good, Kathy. I love that. Okay. So Kathy, how can we nourish more happiness in our lives? Well, I think we have to dig a little deep. You know, it, it's not an easy thing, but look for small things to start with. I'd like to use the word shift instead of change because mm. my brain, probably like yours, doesn't like that word change. Yes. It's resistant to change. So I use the word shift. I'm going to shift my perspective on this situation. When you feel something is off in your life in a friendship, let's say, take a look at that and see why you feel that's off is do you need a boundary in that relationship? That's one way you can start to nourish more of this happiness. People are afraid, especially as women, we're afraid to put a boundary in because we're afraid people are going to be offended. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't control how other people operate. All I can do is do what I need to do for me. So, you know, Wayne Dyer, who is one of my great teachers, taught all of us that what other people think of us is none of our business. 
it's really a reflection of something in them, whatever they're thinking about us. And so when we put a boundary in place for our well-being, that's a gift we're giving ourselves. That's nurturing more peace, more happiness, excuse me, more joy for you. And, you know, I've done a lot of this work over the last 10 or 12 years, editing friendships, you know, really honing in on what do I really need? And it's very important work. I mean, especially again, as women, I think we need to acknowledge that we all need to create boundaries, no matter if, even if a relationship is lovely, you still may have to have some areas where you're not comfortable going or talking or being with that person and, and do it because you appreciate yourself and do it out of love and respect for that other person. So that's something you could do. Also, I say, I'll go back to the gratitude practice, develop a practice of gratitude. And the best way to do it, especially in the beginning, is to write down three to five things you're grateful for every single day. And then once you get going on your practice, start to look at, let's take your husband as an example. So I'm grateful for my husband. And then look at five reasons why. Then we're getting into the weeds, but it's also nurturing more of that beautiful energy we want more of in our lives. So I do that with my husband too. I acknowledge that I'm grateful for him, but then I talk about what, why I'm grateful for him. And that list just keeps growing and growing and growing. And it takes over from any of the critical voices that are going to naturally pop up. You know, we all can find things wrong with everything and everybody if we allow, but I'm not interested in that anymore. I couldn't care less. Life is fleeing along. I want to enjoy myself. So I'm going to focus on the good wherever I can. And with those healthy boundaries, I'm not concerned about, you know, feeling like Pollyanna. It's, it's healthy. It's healthy to notice the good in life. And that's something, again, we're not encouraged to do. I think it's important work. Hmm. Kathy, I love what you said there when you said, you know, don't just think about what you're grateful for. Don't just state what you're grateful for, like five reasons why. I've never heard anybody talk about gratitude like that before, because usually we just stop at those things we're grateful for. But now you're like you said, now, now you're taking it you know, five layers deeper when you're asking yourself, OK, well, yeah. what are five reasons why you're grateful for that thing or that person in your life? I really love that. Yeah. I really love well, that. It deepens the, deepens the energy of yeah. the good energy, right? Yes. And yes. I, I think, you know, that's a great companion to have. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that little trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the words that we use are so powerful. They're so important. They have an ability to change our state for good or for bad, you know, and the words that we use. So that's why I love when you use the word shift versus change. Because yeah, you're right. Like change is like, oh, it feels like something we have to do, right? We don't want to do it. Like our shoulders get hunched over when it's shift. It's like that word is more empowering, right? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So what are the detractors from our happiness, Kathy? Well, there are many. I mean, news for one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used, to work, I used to work in television and I worked in a newsroom, although I've never reported news. I've always been more into the sort of human interest stories. But um, but news is news is dangerous because uh, too much of it. You know, it's good to be informed. I must say mm -hmm. we have to be discerning, though. There's so much garbage out there right now, especially with social media, etc. We have to be discerning. Like, let's get that going. I don't think we're educated on how to be discerning. We think, oh, there's one message coming from this particular news outlet. That must be the truth. Really? I mean, mm -hmm. back in the day when I was coming up in journalism, there were actually true journalists who did the work and actually went and found all the sources and talked about all sides of the story. And now we really just get sort of one side of a story. So we have to be very careful with what we're feeding ourselves. That's food wise, and that's your area, mm -hmm. um, information wise, and how we're investing our time and energy in a day. You know, I do enjoy TikTok. I must say, I'm sort of new to TikTok and I enjoy it, but I have to watch that stuff because it can zap your energy. You know, it can mm -hmm. take you down. And I think we need to be very, very careful, very mindful of how we're investing every day. Who do you spend time with? How do you feel when you're around those people? 
you know, as I said before, when I met you, Trudy, and I met the other experts, I felt like we were like-minded and I felt right at home and extremely comfortable right away. That is not always the case with everybody, of course, right? So we have to be very careful. And who we spend time with, who we invest our time with mm. can change over time because different, re it's a reason, a season or a lifetime in a relationship, right? And when that reason is done, it's time to move on. Or when that season is over, it's time to move on because you're growing or they're growing or something's shifted and it's no longer aligned. And that's what I tell myself now when I have to give up a friendship, a relationship, business relationship sometimes too, it's just no longer aligned with my goals mm -hmm. and that's okay. So there's no bad feelings. It just is what it is. So be careful who you're hanging out with because you spending your energy always trying to lift somebody else up is exhausting. Things need to be mutually beneficial in life. We need to have mutual benefits. So I help you, you help me. I'm there for you. You're there for me. It isn't just always you being in control of everything and everybody, because that's going to burn you out at some point. So that's mm -hmm. a detractor for our happiness. So it's what we feed ourselves, what we feed ourselves in terms of information, who we're hanging around with, and how are we when we're by ourselves? What are we doing when we're alone? Do we have good practices like meditation? Do we stretch our beautiful body? Do we move our beautiful body? Because as you know, being out in nature and those gorgeous phyton sides, those chemicals that the trees give off is extremely beneficial to our well-being. So we need to be in nature. We need to move our body. We need to stretch and we need to get very quiet. Meditation is really just about calming your thoughts. It's not about having no thoughts. It's just about calming everything down so that you can hear better your intuition, which is your truth, which is your guide, which is your true voice. Mm, I love that. And Kathy, I want to touch on something you said, because you also said it's, you know, it comes down to the people that we surround ourselves with as well. So what do we do if we have somebody in our life that we can't really avoid? Like, let's say it's a spouse. It's not my spouse. <laughs> put that out there. It's not Danny. Danny's my husband. Um, and for those people who know Danny, like Danny is probably one of the, one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. So if anybody that knows Danny knows it's not him. So it's not my spouse. Um, but what if we do have like a spouse or maybe it's a parent or it's a sibling, you know what I mean? That is just like that negative Nelly all the time, right? That's just yeah. down. And whenever we're around them, it just kind of feels like the energy is sucked out of the room, but we can't avoid them because we're married to them or we're related to them. Like how do we, you know, hang, I guess, how, what do we do when we have those people in our lives? Well, let me first say Danny is a blessing. <laughs> he is. He really yeah, he is. is a blessing. And, and I feel the same about my husband, Kensel, too. He's, he's just such a beautiful blessing. Well, you know, skepticism and cynicism are alive and well in the world, as is misery and fear. Fear is the thing that makes us cynical. It's what makes us skeptical. It's all fear because there are only two energies, right? Fear and love. That's it. Mm -hmm. So when you come from a place of love, that's what you need to reinforce in your life every day. When you talk with people who are miserable, that's where you need to come from. Never stoop to their level. Never. That's the temptation. You want to just make it all nice and smooth. You can't do that. Sometimes people need professional help. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with getting professional help. Yes. Because... These things left unchecked for too long can lead to depression. We don't want that. We want people to feel good. They don't have to be like you and me. We tend to be very bright. <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty cheerful person. So I can be irritating to people who are cynical, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's not my business. That's not my business. And they're not, that's not an energy I would be drawn to spend my time with. Look, you know, relationships come and go. We say I do intending to spend our lives with somebody. But if you've done all the work, and you're growing in a direction that's away from your spouse, you need to talk to somebody about how you can or not make that work. Do whatever you have to do. You know, mm. you have to be happy first. Yeah. The thing that we've been tricked into and conned into thinking is that our life partner is going to make us happy forever. That's what we've been conned into thinking. Right. We're human beings. We're all growing at a different rate. We're all having different experiences. And we all had different experiences before we came into our relationships. There's mm -hmm. no shame. There's no blame. It is what it is. 
And mm -hmm. all we can do is the work that needs to be done on ourselves to make ourselves happy. If that means you're growing away from somebody, chances are you may inspire them to want to make a different choice. My poor husband has watched me develop my business over the last 10 years, and he was a pretty skeptical guy, but he's really come around. And now he focuses on gratitude. He's the one who, before we have a meal, always says what he's grateful for. That wasn't something I started. So you never know by you just being you with that beautiful, loving energy, that's going to imp that person's going to feel that for you. When your energy shifts, people feel that. Mm -hmm. So we can't predict everything. We can't, you know, change anybody else. Change only comes, that shifting only comes from our intention to want to shift something. Mm -hmm. So we can't make another person be any other way than the way they choose to be. But it's a reminder through how we act and how we operate to them that maybe things could be a little better, a little bit different if I did X, Y, and Z. And that's why I call my first book Inspiration in Action, because when you do things for yourself, you don't have to tell anybody else how to live. They're watching you yes. and you inspire them by just you being the way you are. So if they're going with you on that joy ride to happiness, great. And if they're not, well, talk about it, get professional help if you need to. But your objective is to create a happy life for yourself. That's got to come from you. No person is ever going to do that for you. And that bill of goods that you may have been sold at the beginning of your marriage that you thought, oh, everything's going to be just fine. And 25 years later, it's like, I can't stand this person. Well, there may be really good reasons why. And you may want to look at that. Ultimately, though, left unchecked, these types of things can make us sick. So we want to make sure we're taking good care of ourselves and sending lots of compassion and empathy to our partners, to our friends and family around us who may not be in the same place we are. Compassion instead of judgment is always the right answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kathy, that's so, so good. And you know, you just reminded me of a time in my life before I met my husband, like many, many, many years ago. Um, you and I are both fortunate to be happily married to two wonderful men. Um, but I remember there was a time before I met Danny when I wasn't so happy because all of my girlfriends at that time were either married or they were in you know serious relationships. And here I was, I was still single. What was happening with me? What was going on? When am I going to meet that person? And it was only when I started working on myself and really loving myself and really being happy, just being me, that I attracted such a wonderful human being into my life. So I'm so fortunate for that time that I had when I was single for as long as I was before I met my husband, Danny, because I don't think I would have met him if I hadn't have worked on myself, if I hadn't have done that work, if I just went from relationship to relationship, I don't think I would have attracted him to myself. So I'm so glad that I had that time. So I want to say that as well for people out there who might be lonely right now, who might be single, maybe who aren't married, and they might be listening to this right now and thinking, hey, I wish I had a spouse or I wish I had a supportive husband as well. And so what Kathy is saying is just so important. It's so important to just Focus on your own happiness first. And that happiness, remember, is an energy form. And you're going to attract that to yourself as long as you start working on yourself first. Yeah. And also, you know, deep gratitude to all of the relationships before Danny and yes. all of my relationships oh, yeah. with Pencil because they were my greatest teachers, yes. just like you. Yes. I had to unplug for a while and figure it out before I was even available for the right. type of love I have today. Um, but those people I was with before my husband, I'm deeply grateful because they taught me a lot. I hope the same for them. And I hope they're happy. But, you know, one thing we don't want to do is just have that chip on our shoulder after a relationship doesn't work out and not learn the lesson we're meant to learn because everything in life happens for us, not to us. It yes. happens for us. Right. And if we're there and available to learn the lesson, it deepens who we are, our, our knowledge of ourselves. And there's more of us available to love somebody else and to receive love, the right type of love. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, so well said. So Kathy, I want to talk about work for a moment because for some people, their job is their biggest source of unhappiness, but they got to pay the bills, right? So what are some ways that we can find happiness at work 
if we're in a job that we're not entirely happy with? Yeah, it's a great question, isn't it? And I know a lot of people um, looking at <laughs> looking at our jobs per se think, oh, well, it's all nice and good for you guys to see. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to understand that the 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 businesses that Trudy and I have created, we've done through a lot of hard work. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it, it's a passion. It's a mission. Somebody said to me this morning, so are you fully retired? And I said, no, I'm on a mission here. I'm never <laughs> going to stop. I'm just getting started. Stand back. Um, so yeah, um, going back to Wayne Dyer, who's, you know, obviously one of my favorite teachers, he said about work, that we should either do what we love, or love what we do. Mm. And then he went on to say that, if your work doesn't make you happy, find something about it that does. Perhaps it's that the salary you make at your job feeds your family keeps the lights on in your home, allows you to have a home, um, gives you gas money to get back and forth, lunch money, gives you money for your kids' braces, whatever it is. Focus on something about your work to be grateful for. It changes the energy. Now you're not just complaining about your job, but you're focused on appreciation. Find something at work that makes you happy. Maybe it's one person you can talk to who may give you a cheerful smile. Focus on that person. Get off the need to complain. Complaining is an epidemic in our society. We make it totally fine for everybody to complain endlessly. And yet we never ask them, what action are you taking to get rid of that complaint? What action are you taking? So, you know, and then people commiserate, right? Oh, I complained about, oh, yeah, I know, and it's just a mess. It's a total mess. And so I think we need to focus on get in your own lane, make your own lane at work and focus on what you're grateful for about your work. So if it's the money, great. If it's the fact that um, your boss treats you well. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's got a different situation. So you have to find something about it. It could be just like noticing things in your day when you walk by somebody and somebody's wearing a nice jacket. Hey, that's a nice jacket. That's a really great way to up your energy by giving a compliment to somebody else. You're making them feel good and it's upping your energy. So be that person, be that unorthodox person that steps out of their little container and spreads a little bit of light in the in the workplace. You know, ask somebody how was their weekend? What did you do? And actually listen to the answer. Ask people questions. Be interested in other people. Those are the types of things that I think really make a big difference when work is work, when it's really just helping you live your life. And then in your spare time, what are you doing that's expressing something in you? that's around creativity. So we're all creative. I mean, everybody's creative. It isn't about art or, you know, sculpture. It's really about you're creating your life with the thoughts you choose to think. So what do you do in your spare time that fills you up? Do you like to play baseball? Are you into video games? What do you love to do that makes you feel good? Do that. You have to make time for that. Could be reading a book and maybe you have to get up an hour earlier in the morning to get that into your day. You love to do yoga, you have time, you're going to make excuses about why you don't have time. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. It's what do we do with that time that makes the big difference in the results and in how we feel. Do you need extra help with your day to day? Is there somebody you could ask to give you that support? Again, as women, we are the leaders, but we do not like to ask for help. We think we have to do it all. We've been trained very well conditioned in an unspoken way to think that we just need, we're, of course, we're multitaskers, we can get it all done, but we really don't need to. And also you're giving somebody an opportunity to support you when you ask for that help. So if you need a date night, there is maybe somebody you could ask who could come and take care of the children while you and your sweetheart go and do something fun together. Those are the types of things we have to get creative. We have to push ourselves a little bit to find ways to make our lives beautiful. And it can look pretty simple. It can be going to a movie together. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. 
but find things, find sources of joy in your day. If your work is not making you thrilled, find things about your life that will fuel that joy and, you know, have it to look forward to, have something on your calendar that you can look forward to. I hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. It does. Kathy, that's so great. That's so great. Because I remember when I was in the corporate world before I'm doing what I'm doing right now, and I wanted to get out of the corporate world. And I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something different. I didn't necessarily know what it was at that time. I just knew I needed more. I wanted something different. So to find joy in my day, I would just look on my lunch break. I would go outside. I would go for a walk. I would listen to a podcast. I would start learning and just listening to different podcasts just to try to see if I could figure out, you know, what I wanted to do with my life beyond this. I would also like go for a walk. I would sit in like a parkette that was close by to the office and I would just read my book and like nourish my mind. So just any small, and and it was just such a small thing, but again, those small things add up. So just start somewhere with finding some bits of joy in your day. So I'm so glad that you talked about that. Yeah. 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 And if you combine that with having a gratitude practice, it will be very helpful, you know, to, to buoy you, to lift you up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So Kathy, do you have any happiness habits that you swear by? <laughs> I sure do. Um, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I mentioned one and that is before I get out of bed in the morning, I'm I've listed a number of things I'm grateful for. And I do the same thing at night before I go to sleep. I put my head down on the pillow and I go through the day and I'm, I, I note what I'm grateful for. And some days when things don't go all that well and I haven't had a great day, I'll ask myself, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this day? Mm-hmm. Instead of going to sleep with, you know, like a heaviness, I ask myself, what can I learn from this? And then by the morning, the next day, I'll have something I can learn from it and some way I can work with it. So I believe that gratitude is, it's just the baseline of my life. It follows me everywhere. I do yoga just about every single morning. My husband and I do yoga in our living room. It's not fancy. We don't go to a studio. It's pretty simple. And we meditate just about every day, 10 to 15 minutes. And that again, just sets us up for, you know, it, increases our energy and makes us feel like we can take on the day. I get out in nature as much as possible. I live in the country. I do love walking in nature. I love being around trees. It really floats my boat. I love being near water. I live on a river and I just find being near water really makes me feel so good. And I have that practice of saying thank you to people. I have a practice of um, making sure I give compliments regularly. So these are things that I've sort of trained my brain to notice. I also uh, make a practice of kindness. I have a neighbor whose husband recently passed away. And while they were going through that transition, I was providing a lot of meals just because I love to do that. It's something I'm good at. And my neighbor was very resistant in the beginning because she's one of those women who thinks she needs to do everything. And I Mm -hmm. taught her over the last two years how to be a better receiver, I believe. And I'm very grateful for that because... It's lovely to do nice things for people, but Trudy, women need to know how to receive as well. And we're not very good at that. So I've become a better receiver also. I used to be that person who had to be in charge of everything, but now I'm like, no, I'm, I'm taking it, I'm receiving it, I'm having it all. So I think those are some of the things that I do. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm grateful throughout the day, um, you know, just noticing what, what I love about my life and saying it out loud. Those are some things I do. And then watching the music that's playing around me, watching how I'm spending my time, who I'm spending my time with and, and what that feels like for me, because I don't have a lot of friends anymore. I used to be very, very social when I was working full time and I was out, you know, seven nights a week. And now I'm like, no, I'm going to be very judicious about who I invest my time with and make sure it's aligned with my goals of abundance, beauty, joy, love, peace, prosperity, and wellness. And if it's aligned, then great. And if it's not, well, I'm busy. Sorry. Mm. Oh, Kathy, so good. And Kathy, you gave me my homework there because I'm not a good receiver. I'm a great giver. Like I give, mm-hmm. give, give. I love to give, but to receive, it just makes me feel like I need to shift in my seat. <laughs> yeah, it makes us feel really uncomfortable. I, it does. I know, but but you know, you have to understand that that receiving is the other, making the other person feel like you feel when you're giving. Oh, 
So receiving is like giving a gift to somebody else so because good. it feels so good to give, doesn't it? But it does. Let's give it that does. gift to somebody else and let them do something nice for us. Oh, Kathy, you just spoke <laughs> my language. I like, oh, no, it's taken. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. You got this. So Kathy, this conversation has been like so great. I've learned so much and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Like this conversation is right on time. So I have one final question for you, and this is something I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? Okay. Um, So walking is my exercise of choice. Walking and yoga are my exercises of choice. I do things like castor oil packs. I drink apple cider vinegar on the regular. I do all these like witchy potions in the winter time, you know, with garlic and honey and all this stuff. So I, I'm really into the au naturel as much as possible to take care of my body. And of course, meditation, I think is, is also an important piece. Um, and what was the other part to take care of um, your mind and your body? So you, I guess you yeah, cover the, so, the body. Yeah. And, and reading, like, I love, I love books. I love knowledge. I love when people are generous with sharing, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay, all these wonderful teachers who spoke such, you know, casual language about such important things and broke down really important concepts so that people like me could figure it out and then adopt these practices and live my life and create some way to help other people, you know, do what they need to do in their lives. So I think reading, listening to books, I'm a book hound. I have them on my Audible app. I have them on my chirp app. I have them on the bedside table, my book, my chair side table. I'm just constantly trying to better myself. I guess that's what it is. You know, personal development is lifelong work. Oh, it's so true. (coughs) So true. Yeah. Kathy, you and I are alike in that way. Like I am a book nerd. Like, you know, when I go to the beach, like some women pack, like lots of bikinis to go to the beach. I pack books. (laughs) (coughs) I'm with you. Yeah. So I packed lots of books. Um, yeah, I'm a huge book nerd and like you, Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay were my teachers too. And, um, Louise Hay's book, you can heal your life. I think that was one of the very first personal development books that I read. That book just changed the game for me in terms of my thinking and just, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal book. Kathy, thank you so much for stopping by the mind your body show. This was such an awesome conversation. And like I said, just so needed right now in a time where there's a lot going on in our world. You know, people are feeling a lot of different emotions, a lot of different life changes. So this conversation was really, really important right now. So thank you so much, Kathy, for stopping by the show. Well, it's my honor, Trudy. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to get to know you too.